Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast, I am proud to say, is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally. And honestly, it's not because of me. It is because of the incredible guests that join me each Monday and each Friday. And I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are at the top of their game. And they join us, and they are willing to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. These are not people who hold back. Their goal is to share with us the essence of peak performance, and boy, do they. So this is Thanksgiving weekend, and today is Black Friday. And I am excited, really excited, to welcome back to the show my friend Tony Robleski. And Tony joins us today to talk about the power of positive disruption in turbulent times. I've got two of his books. I have Volume 1 and Volume 2 on my desk. And I'm telling you right now, whoever's listening, grab those books and he'll tell you why they came to be and what's you know what's next. So we are in a war of attention, or what Tony calls mind capture. And he is currently the president of Mind Capture Group. And his message is and has always been designed to help people capture more minds and profits. He's an in-demand speaker who's given hundreds of presentations. He he's a strategic business coach, and the creator of the Mind Capture Boot Camp, which is now in its eleventh year. I don't ever make it because I'm an introvert and I don't do well with crowds and I don't play well with others. Tony knows this, but I watch it from afar. And I know so many of the people who attend this. I'm like, hey, tell me what's going on. So you know, I kind of get behind the scenes from some of my friends who are in there. And he also has 25 years of experience in the personal develop industry. So I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to bore you with the Mind Capture series because I want him to tell you about it. Tony, welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. Welcome back, and happy Thanksgiving. Well, thank you, my friend, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And before we dig in here, congratulations on the work you've been doing, Denise, to get that podcast up there in the top 2%. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts, so uh, let's give you some kudos back here on Black Friday for a job well done. Consistency pays off. Thank you. Well, it's not me. It's all about y'all. And I know this. I'm smart enough to know that part of it. But I get to meet people from all over the world, all over the globe, literally. And, you know, being a high, highly committed introvert, I'm not going to meet people like you and people from London or Ireland in my local Walmart. Ain't going to happen. This works for me. Exactly. Well, um, I think to tee things off, I, I'm grateful to be back. I, I love working with you. And um, let me give you a kudo on top of the top 2% is that you are, in my opinion, that very, very powerful minority that talks about positivity. What are we doing right versus what are we doing wrong? And I'm going to start out to grab the audience's attention with what I call the big lie in the personal development industry. The industry, as you mentioned, 25-plus years in it, is constantly selling possessions, 
you got to go after this goal and you got to get this house and that suit and this amount of money in the bank. There's nothing wrong with it. Let me not contradict with what I'm about to tell you. I think the big lie is we're looking too far outside of ourselves for external happiness, things, and stuff to make us happy. I'm totally against that in many respects because the last few years of my life with the lockdowns and COVID, we have found out that the illusion of the material world is not as stable as we thought. So I argue, and you've got the latest two books, Positive Disruption 1 and 2, we're looking in the wrong places. Go inward to go upward to find truer fulfillment in life. I'm the black sheep of the industry right now because that is not acceptable in many circles. Um, I've seen the best speakers in the world. I've hired them. Some come to my events. Um, I love freedom of expression. So my strong opinion is we've got to stop believing this big lie perpetuated, especially on social media. You need to have the latest brand new houses and cars and horses. Find your internal compass, Denise. But we need to look internally to go upward. That's a shift, a major shift. And I, I see some people are starting to get it more and more. Oh, listen, I agree with you 100%. This is the time of year that I do my spring cleaning, so to speak. I'm getting ready for the holidays, and I've been cleaning and sorting and tossing and gifting, hauling things away, and I've made myself sick. I've been cleaning out so much stuff, and I keep looking at it going, you know, that used to be cash. Why do I even have this? Have I ever? Have I even seen it? And I'm one of those people, if it's, <clears throat> excuse me, if it's out of sight, I forget that I have it, so I may go order it again. That's yep. another problem. So, listen, I agree with you. And I was reading in basically the, the introduction to your first book, and you talked about, you know, you had to write this thing in 2020. You had to, you know, because of pandemic, you were basically sidelined. So many people were. And where was it? You said that... Um, you were talking about you had to to go in. You had to, I mean, you were watching the ceiling fan, just trying to figure out what was next. Where did you go? What was important? Yeah. Well, I think that we can all have our moments of reflection from 2020, good and challenging. And I know that I saw so much contradiction, and I am not afraid to say this, a lot of deception. We were looking for leaders. Where were they? Many of them hit out, Denise. I've said this in other interviews and even from stage. I don't attack people. That's not my style. But I look for patterns. And I saw a, a strong pattern of people hiding out, doing nothing, and living in fear. And, you know, looking back now two and a half years later since March of 2020, we did a couple of live events in states that were shut down or very heavy regulated here in the north. I'm in the U.S. for international listeners. And we didn't do it to defy the politicians. I did it for a few reasons I'll, I'll share with your audience. Freedom of expression as United States citizens is a major tenet of the Constitution and our rights as citizens. I was not going to have people tell me I couldn't do a live event, and we did it. We did it safely. We had people sign waivers. We watched all the protocols, but we proceeded to have a live in-person event. People showed up, which shocked me in a good way. Also, we're allowed freedom of expression and Assembly. Those three governances, I felt as someone that's deeply patriotic, I'm going to exercise them. And it was fascinating to see the reaction we got and the reaction we didn't get. We did the events. And there wasn't one negative comment, Denise, on social media 
we're very active, as you know, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok about why are you doing these events? Aren't you worried about public safety? Because we didn't position it from a perspective of, of hatred towards politicians or anyone. We said, look, in-person gathering, we did this annual event, we're going to do it. We had to move our event in 2020 four times within six months. Talk about stress as a promoter. We moved it to four different locations, and people still showed up. That showed me commitment, and that if you believe, you perceive when others are standing still. The other thing that I found is many of my peers that are speakers and meeting planners didn't say a word to me. Very quiet. And I don't have any ill will. You know, the four agreements that I'm a big fan of, Don Miguel Ruiz's teaching and writing, don't take anything personally. Um, so many of my peers and meeting planners didn't say, attaboy, congratulations, nothing. It was like all's quiet on the Western Front. Now, looking so back they were just years waiting the to river, see they were waiting to see what happened to you if there was going to be fallout. What were you their their yeah. guinea pig? What was going on there i i I don't know and i've I've asked a few of my my speaker friends the last year, and they just seemed to be like, "Wow, we were maybe a little stunned, and a couple said to me, "Hey, you saw an opportunity, and you positioned in a way that was very um non political and you just went ahead anyway." And I look back now, and I have three grown children that are 24, 22, and 20, and a couple of them worked at my events during the pandemic. And I'm hoping, if anything, as a father, they see that dad didn't stand down. I wasn't afraid. I was careful. You know, we followed the protocols because we were watched carefully. Okay? Not many businesses in the Midwest, part of the U.S., were doing anything live for a year, year and a half. So we were sort of the, the village idiots out there doing a live business conference, and it was risky, Denise. I'm not naive or dumb. So I look back and go, what one of my friends said to me a few months ago, Tony, you saw an opportunity and you moved on it. You didn't wait around. You just took it and went. And I can tell you, leading up to those two events we did in November of 2020, we did an event the week after the U.S. presidential election. When COVID numbers were really high and everyone was locked down, they wouldn't know who the president was apparently. So I'm like, so much to go on. Yeah. So the show must go on, and we proceeded, and I, I thank God in my faith walk. I'm no longer afraid to talk about the importance of spirituality and business right. because I think everyone, everyone was praying in 2020. No matter what your faith walk or your higher power is, everyone was freaked out. And hopefully out of 2020, each of us came to some realizations about our life, and is it really what we want to do? You know, Victor Frankl talked about in Man's Search for Meaning, the brilliant book, you know, you find your purpose. What is your passion, your, your main North Star that drives you? And I think a lot of people questioned it because they were forced to stay at home, to sit. And they couldn't go anywhere because the world basically had handcuffs on as far as movement. And it allowed people to go inward. The book to me was a book I've always wanted to write, but I didn't know if I had time to do it. So volume one, as you talked about, we wrote that in the summer of 2020 under heavy duress, but I also wasn't traveling. So I thought, you know what, take the summer, write this book, go inward. And it was the funnest, most enjoyable, healing book I've written, the eight books that I've written. And I just go, Lord, my higher power, thank you for the gift of not getting worried and afraid all the time. To take the time out in the summer when the world was kind of thrown up in the air in suspended animation and get this book done. And then we made a deliberate decision, Denise. I've published with New York Publishers. We self-published it within four and a half months with our team and got it out there in the late part of 2020 in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas when we launched it. So that's why it's hard to find Volume 1, Volume 2, which comes out here in a couple of weeks, actually 10 days. 
um, if I'm calculating right, will be available on Amazon, and we've got hundreds of pre-orders coming in. So you know, shameless author pitch aside, it's, re it's resonating with people. And the amount of emails and texts I get from therapists to parents to business leaders, it's floored me the last couple of years what this book has done with people saying, hey, you know, I need to go inward and stop listening to all the media and the fear. I call them the, the, the merchants of doubt and doom. They hate this kind of interview. You know that. They this do. is diametrically opposed to division, doubt, and conflict. Yep. Well, I you know, I turned off social. Oh, I, God, I hope so. I turned off cable TV 12 years ago. Smartest thing I ever did. Smart. I do not yep. watch it. I don't listen to it. I use my own curiosity. I use my own common sense. And I go hunt threads, and I find out what I think might be happening. I do not and I'm an American, and I'm a proud American, but I hate the American media. Correct. So I don't pay a lick of attention to them at all. I think they're the most dishonest people in the world. And I think I want to verify something here is I don't hate the people in the media. Some are very, very hate good. The media. Some will actually bring me on. Some will bring me on. I don't yeah. like their well, I know format of being I'm, bought out. Right. You're differentiating the people and, and the industry. I hate the industry. Well, I know that a lot of it is pay for play. It's very favoritism, and they block and they cancel, obviously, people. We've seen that, and it's very hard to go into that machine because they just won't let you play. And I think the fragmentation in the last decade, particularly what we're doing right now, scares the establishment media, the old um, big three networks, the legacy networks, because they're dying. And people Good. with freedom will, will go to find information of value and opposing viewpoints and contradictions or what the media says doesn't is not real, they'll find it. And the beauty mm -hmm. is what we're doing right now. They couldn't foresee this. The biggest media channel in the world right now, if I'm correct, is Joe Rogan's podcast. He outdraws all the media yeah. networks, the old legacy networks combined every day with the podcast. With an online and them. podcasting, you know, to give myself a little bump here, Podcasting to me, and I think you and I have discussed this before, is marketing 101. This is how you mm -hmm. get your voice heard. This is how you meet other people. This is how you connect. This is how you network. This is how you use other people's platforms. Podcasting is something if you're not doing it as a guest or as a host, you need to get busy. That and writing yeah. a book or several books. I mean, we need to get our voices heard. There is no question. And listen, you may have a completely, you don't, but you may have, whoever's listening may have a completely diametric, you know, position from mine. I don't care. I want to know what it is. I may like it. I may not understand it. I may question it. But I'm never going to go, well, you're no good. We're all people. And we all have our own ideas and our own thoughts. And we're in flux all the time. So why hate other than the industry of the media, which I really do. I can't stand them. But, you know, why hate other people for having different political values or thoughts? They can change tomorrow. My opinion they can on never that? change, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. My opinion is it's one word, control. Mm -hmm. If you can control the storyline and the thought patterns in the media programming, that's why it's called programming, then you can have people do what you want them to do or control them. And, you know, I as an American citizen right now, as we tape this in late 22, I'm very concerned that I'm getting more of um, what I would call updates with international news sources or, or YouTube folks 
than the American media because they're doing a better job of asking critical questions. The they, other thought that's where I get your, my media. You, I go across. I yep. go. Over, I don't listen here. And the other thought is, um, I, I look at it and say, you know what? How boring would it be? I say this to live audiences too. Would it be if we were all the same? If everyone was just like you? I don't want everyone to be just like me. It would be boring. It would go crazy. I love contrast, varying opinions, different viewpoints, creativity. Long before the DEI move became big in corporate America, the wokeism that's really invaded most HR and, and marketing teams, is I've had live events for 12, 13 years where I bring in people all over the map with different viewpoints and orientations and religious beliefs. And I've had speakers go, how do you get these people in a room? Well, I ask, and I'm not afraid. And I warn the audiences up front, this is an open, loving environment. People are going to disagree with you, that you're going to disagree with them. Some of the speakers you will not like, that's good. But hopefully it gets you to ask different questions because we're allowed freedom. The world is built on forward progress, not confinement and restriction. To me, I've said this even on television when they, the, some of those networks had the guts to bring me on locally. I've said social distancing will go down as the biggest mistake in human history. We're built for social connection, not distance. Now, I can never run for political office because I don't care, but that is extremely controversial. I've seen the power of live events, of humans being able to hug each other, to say goodbye to a dying parent. That experiment failed. History will judge 2020 and 21 as an absolute atrocity of how we tried to force humans that are built to be around other humans to distance. Shame on our global leaders for that. You can print that. Well, I agree with you. I didn't understand it from the beginning. I, I really did not. And I say this as an introvert. You know, my preference is to 98% of the time be all by myself. That's when I'm the happiest. Yep. I'm in my own head. I'm thinking. I'm reading. I'm doing all kinds of things. I'm never bored. But I've got a lot going on inside of me that I think is very important. But Amen. watching all of these people just being children, oh, my gosh. What has happened to the the young children? They had to be masked. They had to be separated. That's not right. That is just, there's so many things wrong with that. And I watched it thinking, even as an introvert, I don't understand this. It's just dead wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, we did a lot of traveling during the pandemic in some states that were wide open here in the U.S. and some that were a little bit restricted. And I would chuckle on an airplane with my daughter and my, my girlfriend, Linda, and be like, wow, we're sitting next to each other like sardines. They don't seem to mind that we're all crammed in. If I go to a large grocery store, they don't mind if we're all crammed in. What's going on here? That was my, my most safest point during the entire first year of this thing. And there's a lot of lessons here. I mean, it, I don't want to be negative or, or keep going in the rearview mirror, but there was too many contradictions that intuitively didn't make any sense. So when we're crammed in an airplane, and when we got off the airplane, had to put our masks on and be distanced, I thought, I call BS on this. No one seems to know what's going on. And I think the great lesson for a lot of your entrepreneurs listening is this. If you really want something done, you have the entrepreneurs figure things out. I have seen a lot of the government institutions frankly break down and show how ineffective they were. They didn't know what they were doing. It's like every press conference every day or two during the beginning six months was confusion. It was almost laughable. So, again, I'm not anti-government. 
I'm grateful that as a U.S. citizen, I can still speak my mind. Forefathers, mothers fought for that liberty. But I'm very concerned, especially as we tape this, with people being blocked and censored and canceled. That is ridiculous. That is extreme communism. And I don't want to go too political here, but let's call it a, a fact a fact. And people are afraid to speak their truths and their opinions, and that, that bothers me. Why am I again advocating? And in, in the book that's coming out again is you rely on yourself. We have these God-given gifts called intuition. We have creativity. And usually by about age 30, most people shut the spigot off. They conform. They think that, oh, my goals and dreams, I'm too old for that, or I should play it safe. Society conditions most people to play it safe. That's why most people aren't happy. They've given up their goals and their dreams because they feel defeated. Number one thing I want people to take away from this book is return your sovereignty back to you. Stop looking outside for other people, stuff, the media to validate your genius. Turn it back in, meditate, pray, journal, become wiser, and question things and go, you know what, it's time to dust off that old dream I had five years ago and put it back in play because no one's coming to save me. No one's going to do it for me. I must do it to have a happier, more fulfilled life is to follow the passion that I have that's different than maybe Denise or Joe that's listening in the UK right now. But we have forgotten that core inner genius. That's what was my third book was about how do you find your entrepreneurial genius, okay? And 2020 could be, maybe, if you look back in five or ten years, Denise, the spark that got people to get away from stuff as their God in their own gifts as their meaning, their, their purpose, to go after what they were put here to do with their own unique skill sets. I love, say that again, if you can. Go ahead and paraphrase that again, because I think that was important. A couple things, I, I just on that soulful rant, okay? Maybe we look back in five or ten years as a society and as a civilization go, 2020 actually turned out to be a blessing because we got a chance to stop and realize that our gods should not be stuff. Celebrities, I'm going to add to this real quick, celebrity worship. You have just as much genius and gifts if you realize it and you believe and you go back to it and go, why did I give up on my dreams? We have our own sovereignty. So many people have surrendered it. They have given up. That's why I get on airplanes, trains, and automobiles here, for example, like the movie. I want to help thousands of people a day reignite and stay positive. Because if you don't believe with the mindset, you don't go to the gym. You don't write the book. You don't go to the seminar. You don't ask for the promotion. You don't share the idea at a, a board meeting. Positivity to me is difficult. Being negative and sarcastic is easy. It's a cop-out. One of our press releases for the book, I say it right in the headline. I call negativity a cop-out because it's easy to fall in with 95% of the population. Just look around you. The United States, we have all this material wealth that people are, for the most part, extremely unhappy. That, that, you know, they're like just kind of giving up. You look around, people look like they're zombies. And I say, wake up, man or woman. Snap out of the, the trance. Get your sovereignty back. Believe again. Like that seven-year-old that used to have that faith before they became 30 or 40 in society, the media, the government, the colleges tried to crush that out of you. This interview is going to take a lot of people off, Denise. And you know what? I'm it's fine with that. It's time to speak your truth. Speak your passions because that's yeah. what you're still allowed to do. 
It is. And listen, I everything you're saying resonates with me because you know, I don't <laughs> I don't play well with others. I think I mentioned that. I really don't. I'm going to draw my own conclusions. I have intense curiosity about almost everything. And I like to go find answers. And then I like to just, you know, deconstruct those answers and go, ah, it didn't make any sense. That, you know, my my spidey sense says, no, 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 let me keep going. And I keep going until I find something that kind of sits well in my tummy. It's like, okay, I can handle that for right now. But I'm going to have more questions. I think what we're talking about to some degree is we must have intense curiosity about the world, about other people, mostly about ourselves and how we can show up in the world and not just sit in front of the, you know, on the couch in front of the TV and go, well, I wonder what's on tonight. I was my podcast last week, which I actually had to delete because we had so many tech issues. It was fascinating. And we were talking about something and for the life of me, I don't know how we got on, you know, movies and TV, which I do not watch TV. And I could not, for the life of me, I felt like an idiot, but I could not remember what the the clicker thing was. You know, and that's how I phrased it. So, you know that clicker thing that you used to turn the TV on? The remote control. And, yeah. <laughs> Down the road, I went, oh, it's a remote control. And he goes, yeah, that's it, because I managed to infect his poor brain. <laughs> he couldn't remember it either. But, and that's what TV does to you, is my point. But, you know, you're right about, and I, my business was not harmed during the pandemic because everything I do is virtual anyway so I actually got busier but I don't think that you know that was because of anything I did it was just the way the world was operating at the time but I remember watching all of it and all my heart broke for so many people they were losing their jobs they were losing their restaurants any picture of a kid being forced into a mask just almost had me retching over the sink it was just oh my god this is horrible and now, of course, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about, you know, people who were vaccinated. Whatever you want to believe is entirely up to you, but now they're dying, a lot of them. I don't think that's a rumor. I think it's actually real. But so many things have gone on. But when you go inward and then you're going upward and you talk a lot in your book about God winks, I firmly believe in God winks, firmly. So, you know, if you can go inside and find out what's important to you, which is what you're talking about, Tony, things get better. They just automatically get better almost instantly. Well, I I think a big thing too, Denise, is that on this thought track of our conversation is that we did our boot camp a couple weeks ago where we bring in entrepreneurs and speakers from all over the country. And my son showed up. He's 20 years old. It was his first event where he got a chance to see me speak. And I have to tell you, I was nervous because my mom was there, my girlfriend was there, and my son at the front table. And there's always pressure. I do one of the top five fears all humans have I publicly speak. I still get nervous. never goes away. But I'm even more amped up when my family is in the room because they look at me from a different lens of perspective. There was a point in my presentation where I said, I want to talk about curiosity, but I also want to talk about the power of questioning and thinking for yourself. I looked at my son. I said, Braden, what did I always mention to you and your sisters growing up? He goes, think for yourself and question everything, Dad. And I said, wow, I got something right as a dad, and the crowd laughed. Not at my son, but since they were little kids, I told them two major things that I hope would stick in their subconscious for their lives. What I just mentioned, think for yourself and question everything, and the magic words that will open doors, please and thank you. Midwesterners, where I'm from, that's in our DNA a little stronger, but we have forgotten as an entitled 
very spoiled society in many parts of the U.S. that we have it pretty damn good. But the basics of what Dale Carnegie would say on how to win friends and influence people, the classic book, never go out of style no matter what the technology changes. That's a couple thoughts. I also look at where we're at right now, Denise. I love the fact that you feel safe to tell me you're an introvert because sometimes my energy scares the heck out of introverts. However, I love it when people have all kinds of viewpoints. I read books that are the opposite of other authors because I want to get a well-balanced than my own opinion. But we tend to forget because we have so much distraction and so much potentiality of addiction as a former gambler, almost five, five and a half years now, that I've learned in 12-step programs a lot of what you see in this book. Journaling, going inward, your higher power. I didn't directly take that at a 12-step, but it definitely influenced me. There's no doubt about it. And I look at it and go, Lord, I could not have figured out in my higher power faith walk that me stumbling pretty hard five and a half years ago would produce this book that somehow would transmutate into a journal, a self-reflection guide, a daily devotional, along with motivation. I couldn't see that, that strange combination, Denise. And I was kind of worried a couple years ago when I put the book. I thought, are my clients going to think I've gone off the spiritual edge? Is Tony getting a little kooky, a little woo-woo? But I thought, I don't care anymore. I have to be able to believe that what I'm sharing and teaching is what I really believe. It's going to burn a few trees down, but it's also going to, with that, those fires, get some attention where people go, okay, what is this? So if you'd have told me a few years ago I would have wrote a book like this that would have sold like this and gotten audiences I'd never seen, I would have said, you're crazy. But I was willing and able to say, why not? Anyone that's listening right now, there's two powerful words. Why not? Question mark. A small child looks at things and goes, why do you do it that way? Um, why do you why do you you know journal each day? Why do you drink coffee? Why is that light the way it is? Why is that book the way it is? Children have fresh curiosity and they don't have any borders on their mind yet. So that childlike curiosity to me was also another reason the book was written. I've done the first volume. It's fun to go back through after I did the first volume and read my thoughts and my takeaways from my own journal. So to me, the book is simple by design. And I say it in all my media, the world is already too complex. We are drowning on data and information and conflicting opinions and fear and doubt. I say, call a timeout, step away, put yourself into a safe space, use my book great. If it's a journal or a meditation, I believe that spirituality, when it's used for good, is a very powerful awakener. And if people have a spiritual foundation, I think that helps them to be more successful. That's my opinion. doesn't mean it's law. I love freedom, creativity. I love humans that agree to disagree without fighting. It's a rare gift. And hopefully more people will awaken if it's through my work or other teachers that are positive disruptors to go, what's up with us? We've maybe been a little tricked here. We've got to awaken and, and rethink it and ask better questions. You know, yesterday being Thanksgiving, I had you know several guests here, and one of them is somebody. He's a family friend, so he's he's invited whether you really want him or not. And I like him, but he <laughs> irritates the crap out of me every once in a while. And he knows it. I don't I don't hide it from him. And he and I think he he fuels himself with my irritation. <laughs> so this 
year, I decided to gray rock him. And if anybody's been around narcissists for any time, they know what gray rocking is. But yeah, I basically just ignored everything that he said that was just designed, in my view, to just set me off and have me. I don't get nasty with people. I don't get ugly, especially if you're a guest in my home. But I have a very expressive face. (laughs) And if I think you're an ass, my face is telling you I didn't have to say a word. So I just, you know, I stayed out of his way. But we got, at some point, we got into a, the whole group got into a discussion. He was on one side, the rest of us were on others. And it went well, because none of us were willing to just fall into his hole, you know, his deep morass of unhappiness. And, you know, we said, well, listen, why, why do you think that? Okay, so can you give me any proof that this is how it is? And we would ask very deep questions he had no answers for god bless him but at some point i saw his brain kick in he was like well i wonder why i do think that it was Uh interesting it really was nobody attacked anybody it wasn't allowed and you know we had some interesting conversations and maybe he will start to do a little bit more homework before he spouts some of these things maybe doubtful doubtful but at least yesterday i could see that there was a little break in that mindset that had him just so stuck where people really don't enjoy being around him. And I find that sad because in many ways he's a good guy. In other ways, you just want to hit him with the turkey. (laughs) A frozen turkey. Well, I I think a couple other thoughts here is it's very – it's seductive and easy to go on the drama and trauma bus or the gossip train. And – People do it in their workplaces a lot. People, you know, you see it at a coffee shop in the morning. You see the old-timers sitting there solving the world's problems at 6 a.m., but not doing a damn thing when they leave the coffee shop to change it. Right. Think about what <laughs> I just said. And you know said. where else you see gossip, Tony? Headlines. That's nothing but gossip. Right. I mean, one of the, the media releases that we're using right now, the next few weeks for the book, is, you know, controversial author uses new book to call out negativity. He says it's a cop-out. Why did I go negative? Because it has to hook the, the, the news reporter. Tim go, hmm, this is interesting, controversial. He's saying that negativity is a cop-out. Well, wait a minute. Is this guy like full of pie in the sky, Mr. Happy? He's not living in the real world. Well, I choose not to live in the real world sometimes because the real world to me is a lot of falsehood, and it's a lot of bullshit. And I know this won't maybe get re-aired on certain networks, but most people know it. We're, we're tired of people, you know, kind of masquerading, acting like they know what they're doing, especially over 30 or 40 years of age chronologically. Your BS meter can catch it. And I chuckle when I do catch some of these different YouTube clips or on, you know, different media that I do follow for, to be aware of things, not too much. You've got to use it in small rations. But to watch them literally lying through their teeth. Or you watch some of these congressional hearings where they're interviewing each other. They're all by design. They don't do anything, really. And then they go, I don't really recall, or I don't know, or they never answer the question directly. <clears throat> and I go back to negativity. It's unfortunately what society is programmed and hooked on. The amount of distraction right now, Denise, is, is just mind-bending. We're hit with five to 6,000 marketing messages a day, for the most part, in North America. Then you've got everything under the sun to distract you. You know, what the old Romans say near the fall of Rome, give them bread and circuses. That was to distract them, keep their bellies full, and keep them distracted and entertained while Rome is burning. And I right. really worry not to be not to be the Puritanist here. I am not a saint. 
Okay, I've made some of my sins very public because I don't want to go down that road again. But I realized through those valleys, I thought, I don't want this to happen again. I need to rethink my life. I need to ask better questions and change my behavior. And I look around and go, man, everyone's addicted to this, to that, to that, because it's easy. It's readily available. And what was once illegal, particularly here in the United States where we're at, is now legal. Watched some of the football with my family yesterday, the football games, NFL. And I looked at all the ads during halftime. You don't usually watch a lot of television with ads. And I was cracking up. I looked at my daughter and go, wow, look at all the gambling. Who would have thought, you know, I'm a former gambler, full disclosure, that the NFL, that because if I recall years ago, Pete Rose in baseball got kicked out of the Hall of Famers, won't, won't even be eligible because he bet on baseball games. Now it's like, no big deal. Marijuana is legal. No big deal. The old pariahs you, that we used to think, oh, my gosh, you can't do that, are now acceptable. <clears throat> my theory the more you distract them. It's the old Roman analogy from 2,000 years ago with bread and circus. The more you can control, let's go back to the front of the interview, and you can dumb down people's ability to think for themselves. Remember what I said? taught my children the best I could. Question everything, children, and always think for yourself. It makes life more fascinating, enjoyable, etc. But waking the human race out of this coma, I can't do it all, Denise. That, that's beyond egotistical hubris to think that one guy can solve the world's problem. If the right people see it, they'll be drawn to it. And even when I go to certain cities to speak, I'll give you a quick example. I spoke in September in Los Angeles one day for a group of about 100 in the, in the health insurance industry. And the next day I spoke in Great Falls, Montana for a small rotary and a real estate company. Okay? You talk about a contrast of lifestyles and opinions and um, thought process. Same talk, two different cities. And what I found was I was a little nervous because I thought L.A. is a whole lot different than Montana. But here's the good news. People at their core are people. They want better lives. They want progress. They want to really deep down grow, but they're scared right now. They don't know what to think. And here's the thing that I believe is really, really challenging us. Everyone's so damn afraid because the world's so politically correct to speak their truth. We have freedom of speech, Denise. That's what we're doing right now. Thank God it's taped. We don't know who this is going to help or who it's going to provoke. Someone may absolutely dislike this interview. They go, you know what? There was, a, there was something that I, I want to research after the interview. I disagree. Go ahead. You gave us the gift of your time and attention, my friend, wherever you're listening right now in real time or later with time shifting in this interview. And we need more people to step up. Stop playing small. The world has more problems than ever, my friend. We need more people to step up and say, let's come up with five or six possible solutions to the problem. Right, and stop playing small. That is a phrase that has been crossing my mind a lot because I have convinced myself with you know, plenty of, I don't even know how to say this, I, have, I can prove it. I have been playing small. You know, it, it's all there. I know I'm playing too small. And I'm kind of tired of it. So things are going to be very, very different for me in this coming new year. And I've never actually come out and said that before. I've thought it. But then you get busy. You get distracted. You know, things are going on. But my instinct and the proof that I'm playing too small and I've done it to myself is just overwhelming. That's stopping. 
In fact, it is stopped. But you talk about, and thank you for sharing that, because, I mean, it's an important thing. Don't play small. But I'm looking in the, the volume two, and one of the very first things you say, it's on page two, we are in a war for attention. And you covered a little bit, you know, about the, um, you know, we're hit with 5,000-plus marketing messages and the increase in reliance on our mobile devices. Oh, geez. I try to keep mine away from me, to be honest. Ever-increasing efforts to, you know, book into the social, hook into the social media world. I mean, there's just so many things. And listen, I'm a tech person. I'm a techie guy, girl. You know, I build websites. <laughs> I do social media for, for my clients. I have to be on social media, but I'm pretty aware of what's going on. At least I think I'm pretty aware of what's going on, and I know when not to get sucked into a rabbit hole for the most part. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't know how to avoid that rabbit hole or the edge of the rabbit hole and back up and say, Mom, come get me. I need to get out of here. (laughs) Help well, it's it's interesting you, you mentioned this point of our time together is that the most damning evidence I saw that how addictive social media is is the movie The Social Dilemma. It's on Netflix. I had my children watch it. I watched it. And they have a lot of the top executives from the social media companies interviewing and say, look, we don't even go on it. It's that dangerous. Now, what I say is it's not practical if you're an entrepreneur, artist, or creative to ignore channels that can attract people to you or to market. Here's the myth that I want to get out of the way. You do have to be there. I agree with you. And and we're going 35,000 foot in respect to time. But I have some people go, man, you know, I'm not on social media. and like proud of my, great. If you don't have to, great. It's freedom. You've exercised your choice. Awesome. And sometimes they'll look at me like, you're always on and you have to. I say, well, I have to be and I choose to be. I'm not on every social media channel, but the ones I'm on, there's a strategy there. Also, I know that this is going to sound strange to most people. We all have to be marketers first, then a podcaster, then a writer, then an executive, then a manager, then a production worker. And people go, well, I just do this boring job. I don't have to be a marketer like you, and you're always positive. I don't have to be. I say, well, well, well. Um, as we tape this now, we're going into recession next year. That's an obvious data point. You see how the big companies laying all these people off. It, the reality is starting to hit. Believe me, those that are left behind that keep their jobs probably are consistent. They probably, for the most part, have a positive attitude. And I'm sure they have ideas because they have to show even more value when things recede or contract. That's why it's called a recession if you're looking at the language behind it. And I've talked with nonprofit executives, ministers that have been in my audience, and they'll go, well, I'm not like you. I go, you shouldn't be, okay? But I will laugh back and say, don't be fooled. You're in the marketing business, and the, the ministers and the professionals don't like it. Well, I'm a doctor. I'm but a we are. I'm a dentist. Listen, we any person who opens their mouth, one watch to us. one. We yes, are selling. It's one to we one. Always or selling. one to many. Yes. Yes. Nice. I mean, watch you a three-year-old. Yep. Watch a three-year-old. They sell all day long, and they win all day long. You know why? Because they're relentless. They want what they want, and they're going to just keep on asking until they get it. And God bless them, but we lose that somewhere along along the way. But people say, oh, yeah, and I said this to Ben, our you know our, our dear friend Ben Gay the Third. I'm not a salesperson. He said, oh yeah, you are. He goes, okay, mm-hmm. teach me wise one, and he was right. I mean, I I have to sell. I have to sell my services. I have to sell this podcast. 
you you writing a resume, you're selling, you go on your first date, you're selling, you're all you open your mouth, you're selling something. I don't know why people don't yep. understand that. I'm looking above my laptop as we record our interview <clears throat> at three major things that stick out over the top of it. There's an old LP record of the Rocky cover. It's Rocky. You can see probably the logo with Sylvester Stallone holding hands with Adrian. To the right of it is a picture of me at about five or six years old from the mid-70s looking off, kind of laughing. And I have a post note. You just said relentless. It says relentless progress daily. Why they're there is simply this. It works for me. It reminds me to never quit. I can hear Rocky music sometimes when I'm making tough emails or phone calls. There's the picture of me as a child looking right at me to say, have fun with this. You're alive. You're still in the game. You've got to have fun because sometimes the work or the grind is not always joyful unless you choose it to be. And I have the post note right next to my photo on a, on a picture here in my office to remind me, can't get complacent. Les Brown would say, you've got to be hungry. Les endorsed the brand new book. I'm grateful for his friendship and mentorship because he is a legend. He's influenced millions of people positively, okay? And We're I talking say, you know about what? Les Brown for the audience, by the way. He means yeah. Les Brown. The, the legendary Les Brown. And I go, you know what? You've got to act every day, Tony, like this could be it. Not because I'm trying to attract and be fatalistic death, but I've had a lot of friends and family members die at young ages. And it's always motivated me since my, my teen years to get after things, even when I've had periods of months or maybe a couple years in time where I've, I've not been as strong as I could be. Let me get a myth out of the way on top of a couple of things we've said today. I am not always positive. Life is tough, Denise. It's really challenging. It's how you frame it and how you approach it is how much you're going to either have fun with life and enjoy it or you're going to let the grind grind you down. I look at it as a game that I'm playing. I have music going a lot of times in my office. I look at you know, pictures on the wall. I have triggers in my mind that remind me to stay busy. I have deadlines. Anything I can do to battle my mind every day, because that negative voice is powerful in our head because of all oh, the societal programming. Yep. So every day I go to combat with that negative voice in my head, along with people that may or may not like me, to think I'm a joke. I have a couple of family members think I'm a complete idiot. Why didn't you oh. stay in corporate America? You're that motivational guy. That's bullshit. I just go, I look at them and smile like, that's, that's what I love to do. And they will never, ever understand. But here's the gift. It's okay. I still love them, but I choose not to listen to them. That's called a boundary. Another thought for your audience, study boundaries that are healthy. Because you're going to have people around you, sometimes the closest to you are the enemies. They don't even know they're doing it. They don't. Protect and you know, your one mind of my, at all costs. Right, exactly. And to, to your point, one of my very early podcast uh, episodes, I've been doing this for 15 years, was with Larry Wingett. Everybody knows who Larry Wingett is. If you don't, go find him. And the very first, I think he's been on four or five times over the, the years, but he said something to me that had me going, oh, my God, you just explained me to myself. And he was talking about the title of a book that he had read, which basically just set him on his path to becoming, you know, I think he's got New York, six New York Times bestsellers, and he just retired, you know, personal pit bull, personal what is it, Pitbull, personal development, anyways, pit, Pitbull of personal development, I can't remember. Yep, there it anyway, is. Anyway, there it is. I, I knew it was in there, I just couldn't find it. But 
he said in the title of the book, as I recall, it was, what you think of me is really none of my business. And I went, there it is. Yep. I'm not in charge of what you think. Well, let me let me add to that because Larry is brilliant. And yes, he just retired and just a legend in our industry because he told it the way it is. I mean, whether you, I don't agree with everything he says, but you know where you stood with Larry. He wasn't going to sugarcoat, which I respect. But if you, if you look at what he's also trying to say is this. I don't care what other people think. You hear that a lot on the Internet. People post their, their rants on social media, and they don't give any context. But here's the way I look at it. It's okay to not care what other people think, but those closest to me, yeah, I absolutely do care what they think. Because I don't want to make my mom mad at me, my children mad at me, because I'm in my own echo chamber of knowing it all. I shouldn't be a know-it-all. But we give too much of our personal power away to complete strangers via social media when we're out and about. People that give a negative review on a book on Amazon – uh, people that put a nasty comment on our post. I'll give your audience a, a little technique that has helped a lot of my clients. We do a lot of social media. I encourage freedom of speech. If someone's going way off the reservation, I may message them or I block them right away. Okay? There's a point where you've, you've hit your limit. But I can see opposing viewpoints occasionally. I'll just like every comment and keep moving. It stops all the, the potential um, little hand grenades from going off online. I just like everything. And people are like, hmm. They'll try to draw me out. Um, I'm the positive disruptor. I'm the hope dealer. I have a T-shirt that says it. You'd be shocked how many people get offended by that. They're all those positive, motivational people. Haven't you seen what's going on? I say, yeah, but life's beautiful, man. There's a whole lot of stuff they never show. Hey, you're alive. You're breathing. We look good. We're here. And it usually shuts them right down. Not because I'm trying to force my opinion over them, but if they're going to attack me, sometimes I choose to play like a cat. And sometimes like a cat, I look at them and smile. I just you know, I'm going to save my energy. Because cats are the masters of Jedi. <laughs> cats good, know how to just go, <laughs> Yeah. And, and I'll say yeah. this again. I, I look at a lot of conflict. Humans are drawn to conflict because they're bored. A lot of people ah. love the drama and trauma train. They love gossip because they're secretly very miserable. I'm sure you well, might and, get some people, oh, that guy's arrogant, he's not a therapist. I've been in enough therapy chairs and read enough books on it and lived a lot of life up and down the wheel of life to go, most people that are negative are reflecting out their anger. It's called projection. Yep, and that's why the is. four agreements don't take it personal as the second agreement. People live in their own world of their own choosing and their own dream state. Respect it. But if they hinge or infringe on you and keep encroaching, you put a boundary up and you, you tell them stop or you walk away. It, it's just time is short. Very short, it, it my friend. It is. It is. And I'm looking at this book, and I wanted to get to the Positive Disruption Volume 2, and I had bookmarked this one, April 16th. Be grateful, because you know, we're on that tack. Be grateful. Be grateful for what you have and stop complaining. It bores everybody else, does you no good, and doesn't solve any problems. Zig Ziglar. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about these books, because... We are in a war of attention, and we are. There's so many things going on, and I'm like you. I'm going to, if I'm having a moment, and you talked earlier about those those internal conversations you have with yourself, and anybody who has heard me on this podcast knows that you know I have a lot of internal conversations with myself. I'm also a mean girl because I will tell you straight out, if anybody were to talk to me sometimes in the way that I speak to myself before I catch it, I'd bloody their nose in the Walmart parking lot. I'd need bail money. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, 
every once in a while, I have to bloody my own nose and say, knock it off. Where did that come from? That's not allowed. Stop it. And I have big old chats with myself. Denise, I hear you, and you are not alone. I say this in every live event. I say, who's the biggest enemy or challenge you have? And some people get it. And I point right back at myself. I say, it's yourself. It's your own internal talk. It's the protective ego that says, you know, you can't do that. How, how dare you? How, why do you want to write a book? Why do you want to go on television? Why do you want to ask for a promotion or a raise? How dare you? Our biggest enemy is the internal critic called self-talk. That's why I'm so passionate that you use a variety of things to override each day, if you can, that negative voice. When we spiral downhill, it, it's tough to get back on center. You know, the other Tony R in our industry, Tony Robbins, talked about for years pattern interrupts. That's a very strong psychological tool that therapists recommend is that when you're having a downward moment or self-talk, you say, right, what can I do to stop that? Maybe you go for a walk. You write down in your journal what you're grateful. You put on music. You put on a comedy clip on YouTube. What can you deliberately do as a productive tool to override that negative voice in your head called the out-of-control ego? Here's where I disagree with some people. Well, an ego is a bad thing. No, a healthy ego is a gift, but it needs to be managed and cultivated like a garden. An unhealthy ego is believes all their own self-talk, is mean, doesn't listen to other people. They know it all. We know people have very bad egos. They're usually very dark and negative. So the challenge is to function in a world that has these, these rules and protocols is how do you want to play the game of life each day? That was a book by Florence Shovel Shin back in the 20s, The Game of Life. And they look at these classic masters throughout history, men and women from all over the world, that have navigated the, the, the challenges of the, the, the difficulties of their time and been for the most part remembered because they forgave a lot. They had fun. They also faced a lot of resistance. They were the rebels because they didn't like conflict. They believed in forgiveness. Follow your own gifts. Listen to your own intuition or the Holy Spirit many cultures. That is sometimes a very much an act of defiance in a world that's addicted to negativity. So watch the inner battle of your mind, defend who's around you, and I believe you've got to program it like software every day, repetition and habit force. The book, I'll be very candid, the whole goal is to get you hooked on every day going back to that journal to self-reflect and take action from many of those daily suggestions and then go back in the book again and go, wow, look at the progress I've made in over a period of a month or two or three the shift goes towards positivity versus being stuck and realizing that you have so much potential if you believe and you act upon it. And I'm looking through the book, and one thing I want the audience to know, I'm looking at volume two. I'm also looking for Black Friday. Hang on, let me get over there. Um, November, 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 November 25th. I am grateful for what I am and have my Thanksgiving is perpetual, Henry David Thoreau. But what I love about this book, Tony, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a it's a good sized little book. I can throw it into my bag. I can carry it on a plane. I can leave it on the seat of my car if I'm going to be sitting somewhere for a while. But at the bottom of each one of like this one, November 25th, then it says underneath that, make a list of five people and five things in your life that you are blessed with, and there's lines, there's room on each page to write on it. So you can use these books as journals. Ta-da! Yeah. That's the goal. 
You're so smart. We get you writing. <laughs> we get you writing. We get you self-reflecting. Then we get you likely moving into action. And like you said, by design, the book is small. It's simple. It's yeah. not a complex book. It's about you, the reader. It's your journey, not Tony's, not Denise's. You go inward and you tune up. It's another resource in a very negative world that helps you cultivate gratitude, positivity, and going back into the internal well. When you were a small child going, you believed everything was possible. You had innocence. Then life started to program you and we reacted and we conformed. I'm saying get a little bit rebellious. The volume in 23 with your life. Don't be sitting back and always waiting. Go after things. Because what if someone said to you a day from, you know, tomorrow, you're going to die a year from now. How would you live? How would you act? What would you say? What would you get done in that year? Again, it's a strange way of motivating people, but some of my mentors and teachers have taught me that. Whatever, again, you can do to fight the resistance, that negative voice in your head, the negative programming all around you to daily go into the life that we have that's very challenging and approach it with, I'm going to have fun with this because this could be it. Go after it. And you're talking, you know, about negative negative programming and that negative voice in your head. One of the biggest, for me in particular, but I think for most everybody, is imposter syndrome. Oh, somebody else did it. Yep. They did it better. I'm guilty of that, and I know I am, and it's starting to really tick me off. You are not alone, my friend. Um, thank you for sharing. I've had that when I wrote my first book 20 years ago. I'm like, oh, my God, Brian Tracy and, and these big names believe that I know what I'm talking about. If they only knew, I'm only 31 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. These are my heroes. That was my voice trying to sabotage me. And I realized I had to fight through that many, many times the last 20 years because we all have it. If you read biographies of famous people from Winston Churchill across the line, they have moments of doubt. I'll give you one of the most famous in my realm, okay? Jesus. Okay, whether you believe or you're a Christian or not, Jesus would go out in the desert. He was tempted. There's a story of the devil tempting him on the mount. And Jesus had to play the game with the devil in that story about his own doubts. Literally away for days on end, dealing with the issues he was probably facing in his mind, knowing that when he went back and, and dealt with the normal population, he was going to be reviled and hated and demonized because he was saying exactly the opposite of what was the customs and cultures back then. So if you look at people like Jesus or Gandhi or Winston Churchill, Amelia Earhart, you look around the, the realm, the top positive disruptors that made massive marks on humanity in history were typically full of doubt. They had to overcome it because they're human too. Very good I'm glad point. You I'm glad said you brought that. that up. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I saw something on social media. I deliberately stayed away from it yesterday, and for the most part, once we're done, I'm walking away from my office. I'm going, well, I can't really go outside. It's raining out there. But I've got things that I want to do, things that I want to read. I've got stuff to do. But I saw a post the other day that had me just going, you got to be kidding me, but somebody was waxing eloquent in a, in a kind of a snarky way about all the long-haired pastors that he was seeing all over social media. And all I could think was, have you looked at any pictures of Jesus re- recently? <laughs> oh, wait. I didn't say it out loud. I didn't put it on social media. But I, that's, you know, that's how my brain works. Like, really? Okay, then. <laughs> so, but, well, but the old, the old kind this. of fun joke is, who hurt them? Who hurt them? What pastor hurt them where they think all long-haired 
pastors are bad or they, you know, something triggered that. (laughs) Listen, Tony, it has been wonderful chatting with you. And listen, when the next book comes out, you've got to promise to come back. Well, my friend, thank you for having me on. A pleasure. I've enjoyed this one hour of our valuable life clock. Having a good conversation with you and keep moving the needle forward, Denise. It does matter, seriously. Uh, Keep positively disrupting, my friend. I know. Well, listen, before I let you go, do you have anything else you want to share with the audience? Just um, question what you're seeing around you from a positive perspective. If you like what you heard, you know, Google me, Amazon me, but more importantly, um, be nice to each other. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, you have so much to be grateful for. And if you hear this, you're probably on a phone or computer. You're richer than most people in in many countries just by having those two Mm -hmm. devices to access this. Exactly. Listen, where can people find you? I know you mentioned Amazon. You mentioned um, your website. But give us a URL or two so people can go, ooh, I want to hear more from him. Well, um, on Facebook, you go to Positive Disruption. There's a page for that. Um, obviously, my name is all over the marketing of this, so you can find me there. But um, I would say right now, if you really enjoyed this interview, is, is Volume 2 is on Amazon. So just keyword, Positive Disruption Volume 2. That's a great way to engage us, and um, we'll see what happens from there. Tony, thank you. I, I know we had some doubts. Did we want to do this on Good Friday? But I really did, because it's Good Friday, and it's you, and you're one of my favorite people. So thank you for taking time away from you know your family and your holiday to spend it here with me. And with our audience, I You're really appreciate it. Thanks. Well, look, Cheers from the north. With, yay, <laughs> and the deep south. It's been wonderful speaking with you. I thank you for all of the terrific tips and, honestly, the generous advice that you shared with me and with the audience. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes, Amazon, Audible. We're everywhere. You cannot throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. So look for us, find us, and take us along on your success journey. Tony, again, thank you so much. You're welcome. Cheers. Happy holidays. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 